Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers Archery. Got Dad on the line here. We're going to catch up on the last of our bow hunting here before gun season. Gun season's starting Saturday. We're two days away here. And uh, we've had some success within, like I like I said, me, you, Jared, and you know Uncle Steve, the primary bow hunters. Um, I wanted to go back. We are talking... First of all, we've been waiting for everything to break loose and start seeing some bucks there and get some pictures. It was like everybody was on ghost for a while there. Yeah, it wasn't not too much movement. It was pretty slow. I think that warm spell screwed them up. Well, yeah, we had four days there in... 60-degree weather. <laughs> say in the 60s, yeah. So that slowed them down, but then, you know, we also had crops coming off and, and things like that, but... Uh, Uncle Steve, was that two weeks ago already? I think with the crops coming off, in one area we were hunting, it hurt us. In one area, it helped us. Yeah. I'd agree with you. Yeah. I'd agree with you. Jerry and I were out hunting. They were taking corn off and beans off, and we didn't see a deer. Or where Uncle Steve was hunting, <laughs> he sat and stand for 15 minutes. He started taking beans off, and two big bucks run by him, and he shoots one. Yep. And... We talk about the luck of the rut, and we talk about bucks going rogue and being in the right place at the right time. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 I had the conversation with him that morning because he sat there the night before, only saw a couple does, and he goes, uh, and it was windy. Yeah, it was. It was windy the next day, yep. and he goes, I think I'm gonna go sit in a different stand, and I said, No, go back to that stand and sit there. It's yep. a good spot. They like to run the fence line during the rut. Mm-hmm. He sits there for 15 minutes, and a 10-pointer runs by and a big eight. And he shot the big eight. <laughs> and, and and then you texted me and said, hey, we got to go help him. Uncle yeah. Steve had his had his knee worked on not long ago. He's coming off of a full uh, well, he had a torn meniscus. meniscus yeah. 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 So he's kind of a gimp out there, so we had to go help him out. And we get out there, and the first thing Dad says to him is he says, you owe that guy in the combine a, a beer. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> what they were is they were they were bedded down with some does on the edge of the bean field. That's the way it looked. And the combine comes through taking the outside rounds off the bean field, and they pop up and they bounce through a little corridor out to where you had that stand set up, and the rest is, is history. Right. But, uh, yeah, nice eight-pointer. The last time we talked, we talked about... Stand, Consistency. Stand jumping. Yep, yep. And he was going to do it again. Yeah. And that's what I said. With his knee, he could get up in my stand. He couldn't get up in his. I said, just go up in that stand. It's just, you know, we just put that up there this year. Just yep. go sit there. Well, and it, I mean, what I can't, what puzzles me about that property is over the food plot, we've got cameras. <laughs> and we've got, I mean, how many does on a given night? Yeah. In daylight. In daylight, there's anywhere. Well, doing two fawns is there consistently, but there's probably three sets of them. Right. That rotate through there. Right. And we got one buck finally this last weekend. Yeah, a little, little, little four-pointer. Yeah, a little fork. Yep. He come through there, and it's like we're seeing all these does, and we're like, where the hell are the bucks? Even on our other properties, you know, we didn't didn't have a lot of bucks showing up. Right, yeah, we do. And it was like, where the hell did they all go? 
So the last podcast that I did with Jared, um, you know, he was putting a couple of hunts together last week and he hunted on the weekend and it's kind of slow going for him. Um, you and I went um, last week, like Tuesday, Wednesday or Wednesday, yep. Thursday, whatever it was. And like I told Jared, I was kind of doing a, a recon mission in that in the property that we hunted, went back and crawled in by the pines and just sat on a on a chair in some some thicker shit. Real yeah, a real thick area. It's a corridor. Yep. Travel from woods to woods. Yep. And Dad sat on on the food plot there, and I had arguably probably the coolest experience I've ever had bow hunting. We went back. It's a, it's a pine a pine lot is what I'll call it. I mean, how big do you think that is? Maybe maybe 70 yards long? Yeah, it's a couple acres of pines. Yeah. And I went and crawled in back there behind those and just kind of nestled in there um, on the corner of the property. And 345, I had a doe come running through, um, and her side of her body was just matted. So I knew she had been laying down, and I thought I had heard some crashing from where she came from. And then... A couple minutes later i had this buck he was he was a nice nice eight come walking out he had a broken g2 beautiful buck and he came out and uh just walked just doing his thing he rubbed his scent all over everything he opened up a scrape that's back there um i had some fun with him and i i grunted a little bit and he started raking a tree i took a video i got the tree moving you know i mean he was kind of pissed off i thought maybe he'd come in and give me a shot because i it's tight shooting back there and i i couldn't shoot him where i saw him he's 30 yards away yeah, but and you're sitting on the ground yep so. and the the grass back there the high grass is all a three feet tall it's high canary grass yep yep swamp, so swamp grass yep so i needed him to get into this little opening which was about 20 yards away um but he just kept on walking with that doe um and you didn't see anything i think you saw maybe a doe or a fawn uh, that night I didn't see anything. Nope, I didn't see a thing. And we went back. And I sat, and I sat from, yeah. from noon on, or 11 o'clock on. Yep. Yeah, I didn't see a thing. And then the following night we went back, and we did the same thing, and I sat on the opposite end of the pines. Yeah, because the wind was different. Playing the wind. And I had a little little eight-pointer, basket eight, come in, um, worked a scrape, and uh, went on his way. And I think I think that night you saw that night I saw like four. Um, I had uh, a little four corn come through past him up, obviously, and, and then I had a. Uh, I saw him go out in the field, and he hooked up with a doe, and then they moved on, and then another a doe when a buck was grunting behind me, the doe came out to the food plot, perfect, just like we figured they would. And I'm waiting for the buck to come behind, and obviously the buck never come behind. And then she went around me out to the field, and I think he scooted around and met her out in the field because there was some chasing. There might have been another doe there, too, that I didn't see because it's pretty thick behind me. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's uh, that's the only action I had. And we get done with that hunt, and we're kind of trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And then the cameras go off an hour after we left. Yeah. And we had we had the mule was, deer buck, and that was three nights in a row. I think it was, wasn't it? It was. It was three nights in a row. We had a buck that we called the mule deer buck. He's a real, real high, real high rack. He actually's got kind of a mule deer frame. Okay, real high tines. Yeah. yeah. So we call him the mule deer buck, and he sh he shows up. Well, shit, you weren't even home yet. 
No. It was like 45 minutes after you left. Yeah. He shows up there, and he was there three nights in a row. I think I got out of the stand. It was roughly 5 o'clock, 5.10. Yep. And then he popped up at 6.02. Yep. And he was there three days, three nights in a row. Yeah. And then on the fourth night, which now we're in the, the weekend... I mean, how, I mean, how many bucks we have on that property or on that, tri- yeah. or that uh, food plot? And that, well, of course, everything was at night, right? In the evening, yep. Between probably like uh, six o'clock and ten o'clock, yep. And I think there was like five different bucks went through there, yep. And three of them, I think, were were shooters. Were shooters, yeah. Yep, and I, and then also the other property that we hunt, that all of a sudden lit up, right? And we had. Bucks showing up there all of a sudden. And you and I have the conversation of, okay, what changed? I mean, we had a little shift in the weather again. But did they just get off lockdown? And they're going to get that, that last dough before... I know I think we have differing opinions on this. I don't know. I mean, you would think them big... That, that, that mule deer buck, we call the mule deer, he's a big buck. You'd think he would... He'd be locked down with one. I mean, but he, I mean, three days in a row, I don't take him three days to find a, find a doe. The doe, right. However. And I've, I've seen does or bucks follow does already for a couple days. Right. When they get locked on them, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But just like the one you saw, you figured came out of the bed. Yeah. That bigger, that big buck was locked on her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he he screwed around by me for, oh, five, ten minutes. Right. And then, then went on his way to follow her. For her, right. And he's just going to follow her until she comes in, I'm sure of that. Right. Or, or somebody bigger comes and kicks Kick, his ass. And, right. Yeah. You know, and then he's, he'll, he'll go look for a different one. Yep. But. Well, now the other thing that I thought about, too, is we had that mule deer buck on there earlier in the year. We had a couple pictures of him. Right. At two in the morning yep. or something like that. Yeah. Yep. But when he's going through there now, is he cutting that corner and the doe's going around the, you the know, camera? You know what I mean? But, you know, you look at the... Because we hunt farmland, and you look at the fields and the the little corridors that connect the field, you know, the lowland, yep. you know, that swamp your stuff. And I sometimes think them bucks just got a routine. They walk from... They go, pothole to pothole. Right. And, of course, you know, you, the cornfield across the road, that was getting cut, but there's yep. still, you know, 100 acres of corn there, and... It looked like that's where he came from because he was always going that direction away from the corn. Always, yep. <clears throat> to the west. So you wonder if he was, you know, making his rounds that way, and you know. Yeah. And then hitting the bedding areas because I got bedding areas on both sides, just checking the berry, you know, the bedding areas out for a doe and then working, I don't know. Working his way through. But we don't have... Out of all those bucks that just miraculously showed up there in the evening, not one during the day. Nope. Not one. Now, transition to our other property by the farm there. And right. bucks are showing up in daylight. Right. And it's like, okay. And then I break it down further to the success we've had in the past. And we talk about that. You know, everybody, you listen to the, the rut guys the Jeff Sturgis's or um, Alzheimer, what was his name? You know what I'm talking about? No. He's a, a rut, a big rut guy. He predicts the rut every okay. year. I think his last name is Alzheimer, Alzheimer, something like that. Probably 
Put I don't got time to look listen to well, this guys is like so, you do. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, he, they always say that the rut happens the same time every year. It's whether you you notice it or not, or you're in the right area or not. And you look at the recent success we've had in the past couple of years, and that for that property where those bucks started showing up, both properties actually, that November 10th, November 8th, you know, through, well, now, November 15th, you know, ish, is like all of a sudden you get a flurry. Right. Um, and it's like, were they on lockdown with a doe? I don't think they were. You don't think they were? No, I don't. reason I say that, what, are, what do you see on our cameras the last four days? Well, you see bucks traveling. N- not, not, well, not on the one we saw the big mule deer. That camera hasn't had a deer on in four days. Right. Oh, since then. Since then. Yeah, since then. So we saw them three days in a row. Right. And all them bucks on there, and then the camera went, we got nothing. Yep. That tells me he's locked. they're locked down. Right, so what I'm saying. All, in fact, that was on two of our areas. Correct. It was the same thing. Yes. And that brings me to my point where when we didn't see them, when we thought, you know, like last week, they were locked down. In my opinion, last week they're locked down. When we were hunting, you mean? Yep. Some were, some weren't. Yeah, you know, 50-50 coin flip. Right. And and those big bucks came off of that, and they're looking for another one. That's when you see the flurry of activity. And like you said, now they're locked back down. I'd agree with that. Right. And then I went up north this weekend to northern Wisconsin, and I I saw bucks locked up on does, following does right to their, I mean, bird dogging them big time. Right. Right. I mean, nothing. We didn't see any of that up here. No. When we hunted last week. No. But up there, I mean, they were, their nose, I mean, they were chasing them, stretched out. You know, they were lip curling. Whole nine yards. Yep. So, I and up there, they're usually a little sooner than us here. Right. So, I think right now, I mean, since we, most of what we went last Wednesday, Thursday. So, I think right now, it's a week from. Yep. So, I think they're right now locked down. That very well could be. And I, that's the age-old question of where are, the, where are all the deer? Well, and that's now we see deer on camera. It's all little four cords, yes. little six-pointers. And what are they doing? <laughs> They're looking, too. They're looking, but they got the shit kicked out of them from the big guys, <laughs> right. so they ain't looking too hard. They're going to go say, screw it, I'm going to go eat. Right. That's right. why they're on the food plots, but you don't see the big boys around. Right. All the big ones that we see. Yeah. Well, I almost hit one on the road yesterday, but. Yeah. And I, well, and there's another thing. So earlier in the week, is it Monday or Tuesday? I was on the phone with you after I picked the girls up and I saw, I saw three bucks on my way home all by themselves, just walking, cruising. And that was at, you know, three o'clock, give or take. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, are they look? They're looking for another one, you know. Either that, or the doe was up in front of them, but they weren't. I mean, they were just steady walk. But again, how big a bucks were they? Were they the big bucks? Yes, that should be locked down. Yes. Okay. They were. All three bucks were shooters, and by shooters, I mean eight or better outside the years. Okay. And that that one buck that I told you about, that was. I mean, I'm looking at him thirty acres, forty acres away. And I could, I mean, he was, he was a swamp donkey. He was big, but no, I, I think that that's what happened. Yeah. I think right now that they're, they're in lockdown mode right now. I think, or they did that over the last week. Yeah. 
and let's hope they stay last in. four days let's five hope days. let's hope they stay in lockdown until after gun season well then we'll hit them with the ball again that's right yeah. but so yeah uncle steve had some luck and then by luck i mean genuine luck um well i actually think it was a little <clears throat> little uh what guiding guiding there yeah. you know because he sat in my stand <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know he did you know, it just seems that whenever I put a stand up, you know. Somebody else kills out of it. Exactly. Yeah, I know. So that means that between you and I, we're batting 1,000 for guiding this year. Yeah. Yeah, and then he sat there a couple other nights because of, uh, of course, his knee. He can get in and out of that stand good because yep. he got doe tags. And yep. He saw a few other bucks cruise right by there that he could have shot. Yeah. <clears throat> so. The stand's in a good spot. It's moral of the story. Exactly. I mean... You got bedding area. You got food. It's, yeah, it's a corridor they cut through there. It's got everything right there. It's well. Now let's let's go back to the property that you and I hunted when I was back on the pines there. Okay. So, to explain to everyone kind of where I was, I was on the property line. I cannot go any further west on that on that property. However, we've always, and it's it's kind of interesting because we lease part of that property through the farmer, and then. Um, the other half where I was sitting is actually family owned in the hunting party. A friend of ours. A friend of ours in the hunting party. His family owns that and that's how we get permission to hunt that. So we have to kind of be careful how we put our stands in there and because who has permission. We have certain people that get permission for the lease and then the property that, like I said, our our friend of the hunting party that their family owns, they can basically let anybody hunt there. Wherever they want. Yeah, their land. Right. That's right. So it becomes one of those things of you'll put a stand in, obviously, that you're going to hunt or is Joe Blow going to walk back there and say, hey, there's a stand there, I'm going to go sit in it. You know what I mean? It's one of those deals. But I think we've learned that you got to get into those thick areas. Yeah, they like to move, especially, like, if they're doing a little chasing. And I don't know if the does like to bring the buck into a thick area because he can't get her as fast or something or that could be you know but it just seems the thicker the better they always seem to move through there and i think it's changed our thinking a little bit because we've always been fortunate that whatever we're on a food plot like we have been well again that helps yeah because the doe like i had the other night that doe came out out of the thick stuff right onto the food plot just like it should have and we just needed a shooter to be on her tail right you know right but it didn't work out but that's that's how it's supposed to work right well and that's how it's worked in the past for us and again and like we talked last time you and i it all depends on food in the area and we got 100 acres of corn across the road that yeah. they're just starting to pick and then down the road of you know what half a mile there's another 100 acres of corn that stills up as of yesterday yep so um we got some alfalfa by us, but you know that's another. You know, well, and that's dying off too. We've had we've had hard freezes here, sure, before the warm up and after the warm up. So that's why hopefully late season, you know, they'll be in an, in the food plot and trying to hit some turnips and right and stuff and right. But yeah, so yeah, it's gonna we'll do things a little different next year, and it goes back to the every every year you you learn something, you take away something. And you adapt to it, you know. I mean, we've always wanted to put... Well, we had stands in there years ago. Well. But we weren't hunting like we are now. Right. Years we, ago, we were... Uh, I know I was still working. Right. You were still going to school. Yep. 
things change. Yep, they now do. Now I'm retired, so I can hunt more. So, well, and technology's come a ways too with cell cams. Right. I mean, it's doing a lot of the recon for you. Um. But yeah, it's just interesting how that that's all worked out. Now, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because it's come up a couple times here in the last week. Landowners and sportsmanship. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's gone. I remember I remember when well when I started bow hunting, you said, Well, go find go find land to hunt. You know, here at home we don't we didn't have any land to hunt. And the properties that we have that we've been hunting are an hour away. Uh being in school and at that time I was working nights, I was looking for something locally that I could, you know, hit between class and work, go hunting. And um, I went and knocked on doors of people we knew that had land. And, I mean, I talked to a lot of people. Right. And I, you know, some guys said, no, nah, we, we gun hunt it, you know, and they were really nice, whatever. Um, my old T-ball coach is actually the property that we ended up acquiring at 40 acres. And um, yeah, he let us hunt there. It was nice of him. It was. He let us hunt there, and we had an agreement with them and you know we worked together on it and um yeah. i still say looking back at that property knowing what we know now boy <laughs> would have well, been yeah. been a lot different but anyways <sighs> um no we had an issue with one of our um well we had two issues actually um one of our properties that we bow hunt currently we do not gun hunt it um is relation they um their their neighbor there um, got a little heated and expressed his uh, his fact that he was upset that you know we're taking mature bucks out of out of the property a little seven acre pothole there because he owns the eighty acres that butts up to it and those deer are coming from his woods. Yeah, but who owns the uh, the other hundred and some acres across the road from him? Yeah, that's a different owner. Right. Yeah. So and and we're taking the deer from I, him. <laughs> I know. I know. Or maybe Well and then know, on, and then to the west of the of our seven acres. We're taking a deer from the farmer down the other way. The, I was gonna say to the west now. That's been feeding him all year uh, in his he, corn and in his alfalfa and, and his beans that, and you're exactly right. And the landowner on that property, my father in law, he's a dairy farmer. As far as he's concerned, you can take all the deer out of there. Because he because he feeds them. Yeah. And he spends four hundred dollars an acre to put put a crop in there, you know? But this landowner doesn't see it that way. He sees it as he owns the 80 there, and those deer, those deer are his deer. And well, He's got a rude awakening. He does. He does. And my, <sighs> my father-in-law, um, being as laid back as he is, he didn't get into a, a fuss with him over it, but he told me what was going on, and I was just... I've gone and talked to this gentleman the last three years i always ask them hey if i do hit one on my property and it goes in your property can i give you a call um and i offer you can come track it with me you know whatever that makes him feel better i just want to make sure that we have that relationship and he's always been oh yeah not a problem you know thanks for stopping in been real nice and then he kind of does this but the the icing on the cake for me was they shot a deer that they did not get on his 80 acres and it cut through my father-in-law's land, our seven-acre pothole there, and this guy proceeds to not call my father-in-law and just go tromping through the land. And I'm sorry, but 
That's Sport, not right. Sportsmanship's a two-way street, man. You need to call the landowner, get permission, let them know in case something does happen to you on that land. You're right. That you have permission. And not only that, but I've taken the time to, and he's got my phone number. I got his phone number. Right. If, if he didn't want to talk to my father-in-law, he could have talked to me, talked to whoever, like whatever. But you make an attempt. And, and they've been neighbors for how many years? It's not like this is something new. Yeah. And we've always done that. You know, years ago it was a little, <clears throat> a little tougher. Right. Because you didn't have cell phones. Right. Now right. you shoot a deer and it runs across the field and it goes on somebody else's property and call the guy up. You it, should know the, 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 the landowner around you. Right. You know, and get their phone numbers and stuff in, in case something like that happens. And you can call them right away and say, hey, I just did this. I shot a deer, you know, and went onto your land. And can I, you know, take a half hour to go look for it? Right. Blah, blah. And right. I'll let you know what we find when I come back out, and I'll call him back, and so he knows. Yep. And that's the way that I've always approached it, and it really, really ticked me off when my father-in-law told me that, you know, he never called him to go. And the, the, the crappy part is, is that Jared was sitting that night that they shot that deer, and he saw the deer go running through with a knock in him, a lighted, a lighted knock. Yeah. And so he knew that they had to go on the property, but then he proceeds to make a comment that our stand's a little close to the fence line. Well, that's all. Comes down to <clears throat> greed. He wants all the deer for himself. I know, but you know, it's you know, like he he figures he's paying taxes on that eighty acres, and it's his land, and which is fine and dandy. He's all true, right? But some people look at things differently, Derek. I know, but it's just it's frustrating when you go out of your way to try to do everything by the book. And the way you're taught and, you know, that stuff like that happens and it just, it grinds my gears. Right. No right. different, no different than the phone call you had with the other, with the uh, landowner up at our gun hunting property. Right. You know, guy yeah. went, guy went and got permission kind of behind his back. Right. He's been hunting there for, well, he grew up there. He's 55 years old. He grew up a mile from the land and the landowner and knew it and, knows all of them they've been hunting there for 30 years and they gave permission to another guy and another guy basically threatened to shoot him <laughs> i mean that's just it's insane i mean they're threatening to call the dnr if he comes on that land and because he's got permission they both got permission right but and instead of coming and that, to him and that and that's how things get ruined because the landowner can put a kibosh you and say nobody's going on it right exactly and then you're both screwed but I'm just saying, hey, okay, I'm going to be over here. You're going to be over there. Good luck. Right. If you need any help, let me know. And that's... So we've always done with, with the, you know, the original gentleman that was there. Right. We've, yeah, he's we, hit deer that come on our property, yeah, and we, we, we went and helped them. We've tracked it with yeah. him, right. Yeah, that's what you do. It's and it's part of hunting. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's that's my point is... Everything is, in your words, Dad, it's hooray for me, fuck you. No, that's the way it's getting to be because price of land and everybody thinks, you know, well, they can't afford it, so they get a little piece of it and it's, you know, they put the walls up. They're like, you can't come over here, you stay over there. and it's like, Right. Which is sad. You that's know? What the, what's coming to. Yeah. Because I, like I said, I... And I, re I respect people's land. I mean, like I said, I knocked on a lot of doors. I talked to a lot of people. Yeah. And 
they tell me, you know, hey, that's great. I, I tried. I made the effort, you know. Well, and that's why leasing has gotten so big, too. Yes. You know, yep. The almighty dollar comes out, and they'll just lease the land and write up an agreement and be done with it. Yep. And then you got documentation that the landowner basically turned the rights over to you for hunting. Right. You know, instead of saying, you know, I gave permission to this guy and right, that guy. and Right. Yeah. Yep. And that's, you know, but the, the point I'm trying to make is be civil. Everybody be civil. We're all out here to, yeah, you know. All of have a good time. Right. It's more of the camaraderie than it is shooting a deer. Right. Get to see people that you haven't seen in a year. And right. And, you know. Shit, have a drink with them later on after after dark. and Right. You know. And at the end of the day, we're all trying to achieve the same thing. Yeah, if you get lucky, one runs in front of you, shoot it. If right. If not, that's, that's deer hunting. That's why people do it every year. That's right. But I just, uh, I'm not a landowner of big acreage at all, but, you know, I just, it's hard when you, when you put yourself out there like that to make everything right and you get kind of, kind of stabbed in the back a little bit and it's like, yeah, just, like you said, it kind of grinds the gears a little bit. Yes, it does. But I just wanted to bring that up because, uh, if uh, anybody out there is a landowner and is letting somebody hunt their property i mean just talk with them i think that was one thing um some of the properties we had permission on before it was like you wanted to talk to them and be up front with them but at the same time you know you didn't want to invade their privacy um but yeah just form that relationship and just be straight i mean when we first started hunting that property he wanted bucks only eight or better that's what we did. And that's, better. that's what we did. Passed um, up a lot of deer. Yes, we did. And two years later, I think I talked to him and I said, hey, I just want to fill the freezer. I want to take a doe. And he said, yeah, go ahead, take a doe. And, uh, you know, it just, I just was up front with him and told him, I'm not looking to, I'm not looking to kill, you know, Hogzilla out there. I, I, I want to fill the freezer first. <laughs> right. And, you know, we always kind of had that. There was doe tags, a lot of doe out there. And he knew that. So. Yeah. 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 But I think, uh, yeah, that relationship is key and constant communication with respects the big thing respect the landowner's wishes ask him what he expects and and if and if you're there hunting and he needs help with something give him a fucking hand yeah you know we've we've done that for years i well shit i went and offered to make wood for terry that one year yeah that's right you know i mean every little bit helps it all goes a long way especially in today's world but, That's right. Uh, but anyways, back on track. We're coming up on gun season here. Yes, we are. Two days. Two days. And uh, I'm hoping to do this again in the blind. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> in the in the Taj Mahal while we're sitting out there. And sitting in the muddy. Sitting in the muddy, just hanging out. Um, but no, I... We always uh, have the conversation of, well, what are we going to see gun season? Gun season's a little different because you got guys pushing deer around. You got guys that uh, aren't avid hunters. This is their one shot a year, and they don't. They might not care what they smell like. Right. They might not care what what path they're taking in. They don't care about the wind. They're going out because they just hey, got out of the bar they, at three o'clock in yeah. the morning, <laughs> and they're with the guys, and you know yeah. they're, they're heading out, smoking cigarettes, playing cards, and hey. Which, by the way, I did have that thought the other day when i was a kid before they outlawed smoking in bars and i don't know i was, oh i was at a customer of mine and he he's in his shop and he's smoking 
place just reeks of cigarettes. And I just had that thought of like, yep, we used to go out to eat before, you know, opening morning. And they're, you know, smoking like a chimney at the bar. You go home, shower, try to clean up because you didn't want to smell the next morning. And we don't have to really worry about that anymore. But I just had that thought. I remember as a kid. Yep. But, um, no, a lot of deer get, get moved around. And, they're, you know, bucks that are on your neighbor's property somehow make it to your property because they're going in later in the morning or you're you know going in earlier or driving their truck down there and that truck hasn't been down there in you know 10 months whatever it might be um so it always brings kind of a different aspect yeah it's i mean there's a lot of foot traffic in the woods different smells noises that's why there's <laughs> everything goes out the window unless you got a lot of private land yeah you're right because deer get kicked out of a little 20 acres and they're gone and a little five acres they're gone to the next 20 across the field to the next 40 and yep it's, you know. it's quiet here we're gonna hang out here for the night exactly yeah but the bottom line is the deer gotta move they gotta eat at some point uh this is also the time of year where you see a lot of deer go even more nocturnal because they are being pushed around yeah, they'll hit the thick spots, and uh, I, sometimes I think, well, right now I think the big bucks, because they're all the chasing, they're, they'll, they, they'll eat a little bit, and they're going to be tired, they're going to lay down for most of the week, it's my opinion, unless they're stepped on. Right. Um, if they, they're going to be in the thicker things and, and come out and eat a little bit or eat, eat there or just rest. They're not going to eat that much, right? Until another week or so after, then they'll come out. They'll be on a feeding frenzy for the winter. Yep. Well, especially if temps drop off. You know, that's the big thing weather-wise. I mean, we're looking what mid forties for the weekend, as highs. Yeah. Which, that's no big deal. But you get into two weeks from now, and you might see it down in the twenties for highs. Right. Well, then they need that need that that food and that fuel to keep keep going and that's when you sit on the food plot yeah and for gun season like you said they're gonna be moving all over people are gonna be stepping on them and you don't have to sit in the woods sit on the edge of a field they'll run fence lines cut across fields they do things now that they they wouldn't <laughs> they yeah. normally wouldn't do right so that's why these fence lines are great you know points corners of woods they like to run into a corner of woods why is that i don't know they'll, they'll head for the corner you sit in the corner here they come i don't know i mean how many times have you shot a deer running across the field and they take off running they go right for a corner yep i know it's like i don't i don't they don't run you know to the nearest woods they'll go no. to the farthest corner yep i don't know you know i've seen them coming down fence lines and all of a sudden just head across the open field to the corner of a woods. I just a lot of deer have met their fate in that field. Yep, because they decide to go to the far corner. Wrong decision. <laughs> then the lead starts to fly. Yeah, right. And then they're like, "Oh, I'm going to the corner." And they, yeah, nine times out of ten, they don't make it. They're even better off to stay right on the fence line, <laughs> just, and yeah. zip in the woods in that corner. But no, they want to go to that other corner for some reason. I don't know. Oh, but that's you get to learn how they run. After hunting the same woods for 30 years or whatever, it's like, you don't ask, you don't think about it anymore. You just say, yeah, they're going to go to that corner. Yep. 
They're gonna come out over there. As soon as that like, first shot rings out, they buckle and go right for that, right for that corner. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, it's, it's the farthest corner away from. Right. You know, and they'll, they'll run for it. I'd head for the. If it was me, I'd head for the nearest cover, man. Well, Let's, yeah. But no, they're like, well, I think we can make it there. And all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> you start flying, throwing lead at them. And it's that it's that last ten feet where they're almost at the finish line, and all of a sudden they just. Tip over. They collapse. A lot of times. They make it a few times. <laughs> I think you're being generous. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, we've been we've been covering that same what is it, fifty acres? Sixty acres there? Oh, I think Minus the I'm talking just oh, the field that we yeah, cover there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a twenty five acre field there. Twenty acres it's narrower narrower long. Yeah. But yeah. We've been covering that. Well, I'm I'm thirty years old. You were there before me, so been covering that for a long time yeah but at the end of the day you just wait and see and see what happens yeah see what's comes along yeah anything that you want to talk about hunting wise any thoughts been popping around in your head there since you got all this time (laughs) (laughs) all this time no just getting getting ready getting prepared sighting in and got the gun sighted in I had to make sure I had enough shells. Them are hard to find these days. What gun are you shooting this year? A 270 short mag, so. Okay. That's what's going to do the damage for me. That's it. Just waiting for it to show up. Time will tell. Time will tell. We'll have to talk about it next week. Or this weekend. Or this weekend, if we're in now. Yeah, if we're in the line. I mean, let's, let's be honest, I... I'll go sit in that stand for a little while. I always end up in... Yeah, you just bring me lunch, that's all. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Finally, after all these years, you admit I'm the gopher. <laughs> well, normally normally we're tagged out in the morning, so... But, um... No, so we'll go give it a shot this weekend. Um, I'm hoping to get everybody caught up on Jared's hunting... How do I say that? Hunting stories? experience experience yeah his hunting experiences this week that he had and last week um i kind of bounce around between you and jared and we got kind of our own topics going on so because uh it's hard to get jared down to sit down and do this so we do it remotely which works out well but uh he's got some good stories for you guys um He's had some some good hunts and some cool experiences, some not-so-good experiences, uh, all of the above. He's kind of been through the ringer this year. He's learning. And I told him I, he was ready to just throw the book in the other day, and I told him, I said, hey, I said, it took me eight years to shoot a buck. You know, that's the thing, you know, people think you're hunting. Go buy a gun, buy some orange, some shells. I'm sighted in. Sighted <laughs> in and go sit in the woods and shoot a deer. It don't work that way. Especially bow well, even bow hunting, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm bow hunting's bow different, yeah. You know, and Listen. It works that way sometimes for some people, or they get lucky, but the majority of the time, well, it depends what you want to shoot, too. That, yeah, that's true. But um, it takes a lot of time and experience and know-how to set a, set a piece of land up for you quality know, deer management. And, you know what's funny? I, I got to get this in. When I started bow hunting, that was back in 2011. I was in college. And you essentially gave me the money to go buy a new bowl. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you think you're going to have time for that? I gave up bowl hunting because of, because of you kids. I, I didn't did. have time to do it. I did. I gave up bowl hunting. 
I, I know I was there. I lived through it, man. But I said, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in college. I'm working nights. So I got some time, acquired the land. We put stands in. Well, I put stands in cause you were working. So I just kind of went on my own and, and just kind of winged it, I guess. But anyways, it took me what, two years before I shot a deer with my bow. I think it was two seasons. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. And uh, you finally listened to me. I said, just shoot a doe to get one underneath your belt. That's right. But sh- that was more of a convenience property like we've talked about. Right. And, yeah, we put food pots in down the road and stuff. When I first started hunting it, it was all just learning. Yeah. And I, I had that impression. I'm a good hunter. I shot a lot of deer with a gun. And you just learn the right time to draw back on a deer. You sure. Know, how to draw back on a deer, you know. Well, and that kind of stuff. I shot a lot of deer gun hunting, and now now I got a bow, and I'm, I kind of had that same mentality of, well, I'm looking at this ridge. I got acorns there. You know, I see deer trails coming through here, working the sign. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put a stand up here. And I saw deer, but trying to shoot those fucking things <laughs> and get them within 30 yards, because at that time I wasn't as good of an archer as I am now. And it's like, I remember I'm, I was frustrated, and you're like, Derek, this is something that you just can't go out there and do. You can't launch arrows at 100 yards. At, you know, it's yeah. not a gun. You got to get a little more finesse in it. Right. So then as time goes on, this is my whole point here that I'm rambling about. We work the food plots. We start understanding the property a little bit. We put a little bit more time in. And now it's all become a factor of we've put our time in. We know the deer movement. We understand kind of how that property works. And we set up for that. And it's brought us great success. So my point being, when I started out throwing up a stand, the old ambusher and crawling in it and putting, put, Dad, I'm putting in time. I'm sitting in the tree every night. <laughs> it's not the same as, you know, doing your homework and taking the time to understand the layout of the property and understand how the deer are moving and with the different crops and, you know, food plots, things like that. And it's like all the knowledge you learn over time. And uh, it, it's cool to me that I'm kind of spoiled in this aspect of, when I go out hunting, I'm kind of expecting to see deer. Not necessarily deer you're going to shoot, but you're going to see something because you know the property. Speak of that. Yeah. Expecting to see deer. That's like Joel the other day calls me and says he wants to go hunt one of my uh, one of our stands because there he, he sat yep. for one night and didn't see a deer. <laughs> I forgot to bring that up. You're right. Didn't see a deer. He sat for one night. Otherwise... Four days before that, oh, I could have shot a six-pointer, but I screwed up, and I had some does by me, and I couldn't get a shot. There's a prime so example. So one night, yep. he did, and so I called him up, like, really? One night, I said, go sit on that food plot. That, that his, his woods, his land that he owns is too good not to hunt it. So he listened. He sat a couple more nights that he didn't see much. I told him to go sit in the morning. Because it's quiet. The wind was right for the food plot. He went and sat. He had a big buck come within 15 yards of him chasing another buck. And he never got a shot. Couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. Right. He was probably sleeping. That's a possibility. Know. But that that's when you talk about being spoiled. There's people out there. They sit for one day and they're like, there's no deer here. Yeah. And, no. I used to be... Years ago, when I hunted northern Wisconsin, you go up there for a week, a week of vacation, and out of that week, you'd be lucky if you saw two deer, and you're like, oh, wow, I saw two deer. I was old. They were 30 yards away, and I couldn't get a shot. Right. I mean, you, 
you go up there gun season, you sit for nine days. And not see a, and not see a deer. Yeah. And then you got people like that. That's, oh, I sat one now. Can I go sit on over over on your other food plot where you're, there's deer over there? No. Well, and, like, that, and that's the point I'm, I'm getting at. I was spoiled for gun hunting. We yeah. always saw deer. We Well, we did a lot of pushing deer. We drove a lot of deer. So we kind of made our own luck in that aspect. But I was you're used to seeing deer, shooting at deer. I mean, shooting deer, period. And then you go into this bow hunting adventure, and I missed, I'll never forget that. You're like, okay, I think you're going to have the time to do it. Yeah. And it was like, it was a learning curve. And uh, we're more, uh, we're more uh, in-depth to learning and what we've learned over the years and putting that into, into work. So anyways, yeah, Jared, you know, he was frustrated. I told him, I said, hey, man, it, it took me eight years to shoot a buck, you know, a buck, period. I've, oh. I've been busted every way to Sunday, going to reach for my bow, getting hung up halfway. I've had full draw and they're standing behind a tree and the wind, the wind swirls and they smell you. Or I've had every situation. No, is he big enough? How fucking stupid was I? Is he big enough? Never shot a buck in my bow. Is he big enough? Yeah, I've been in a lot of situations <laughs> where you know, the, bu- the buck's there, he's coming, and that smart-ass doe... Sticks her nose up, and the wind swirls, like you said, and pretty soon it, she takes two big leaps, and okay, she's out of shooting range, and what does he do? He loops around and follows her instead of coming through where, you know. Right. It's like, and it's, oh, yeah, it's frustrating. It is. And, Jared, Jared. It's cool to see. It is. That close to you, and, you know, that's part of Bohan that's so cool is. You're that you're close. You're sitting there, and all of a sudden they're, like, right there, and, you know, yep. just meandering through, and, you know. And Jared said it best. He he was going through the mental grind, you know, and he, he's right. He's 100% right because we've all been there. Um, but he, he ended up, he did have a couple of uh, fun, fun hunts. Saw a lot of deer, a lot of cool stuff. But Yeah, you'll have to talk about that next time. Yeah, I will. And uh, I know I know Jared's probably going to listen to this, so we're not, <laughs> we're not. Uh, yeah. I'm not by any means making fun of Jared because we've all nope, been there. Look at his shot. Oh yeah, and he'll uh, he'll connect. There's no doubt about it. He's a good hunter and he's put his time in. He's I mean he's dialed and he's a hell of a lot more prepared than I am when it comes to that. So um, he's doing the right things, asking the right questions. Yep. So, anyways, well, good luck to everybody out there gun hunting. Yes, yes. Be good luck safe. to everybody. Be safe. Treat your landowners with respect. And uh, enjoy the camaraderie with everybody, and good luck to everybody. We'll talk to you next time.